Happy Friday, everyone. You are listening to the Football Friday Podcast, brought to you by the Morning Times and Daily Review. Uh, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, the Jolly Farmer in downtown Waverly. Uh, we love the Jolly Farmer. Be sure to get down there for all your convenience store needs, beer, chips, anything you need to get you ready for game day. We love the Jolly Farmer. Please check them out and thank them so much for sponsoring us. We are into week six of the Pennsylvania side of football, week five for New York. Um, we'll do what we always do here and get it our recap. But first, always joined by Johnny Williams, Logan Hill, David Goff. How are we doing today, boys? Good. We hanging in there. Philly's made a playoff berth and uh, getting ready for Red October. Yeah, everyone's excited on the baseball front. That's taken a little bit of precedent here in the Valley over football. But, Logan, you got your Orioles in, too. So a little baseball heavy today. But regardless, it's still football season. That always takes precedent for me. Um. Especially now, I'm such a Yankees fan. Ouch. Uh, yeah, well, I was waiting for it to see if anyone caught on to that. And, of course, they did. The Yankees are out. Oh, well. Ho-hum. Moving on. Um, Troy beats Athens 62-6. to Kowineski Valley takes care of Sayre 28-6. to Canton gets a close one, closer than people thought, over South Williamsport 27-21. Wyalusing hammers Montgomery 47-6. to Tawanda gets a good win over a tough Wellsboro team 20-10. to uh, Waverly crushed Elmira this past weekend, 45-8, to and Tioga cruises again, this time on the road, over undefeated Delaware Academy, 56-28. Let's start with you, Logan. You were there for Wyalusing Montgomery. Um, how are the Rams looking? They, they looked good last Friday night, and I think it was a great spot for them uh, because they played Troy the week before, and pretty much the same way they handled Montgomery was the way Troy was able to handle Wyalusing. So it was good. I mean, Jonathan Earl started quarterback. I believe he's a sophomore. So he's really just still getting that, that fresh experience under his belt. He had some, he had some big moments. He had, including a highlight play to 40 yard touchdown run on, I believe it was fourth and seven. Uh, so that was cool. He, he spun out of a tackle, stayed off the ground and dove into the end zone. Casey God looked good. One of my favorite names across the NTL. Yeah, great football name. Yeah, uh, Aiden Hunsinger, Dylan Johns, I think had three touchdowns. So it was it was a great get right spot for them, and it was their first win on their home field this year. So I, I don't know how they'll they'll fare moving forward against the rest of the NTL schedule, but they looked good last Friday night. And David, you were on the New York side of things this past weekend. What we thought was going to be a pretty solid matchup, a bigger Elmira school comes to town, but Waverly took care of business there. Yeah, and you know the all the talk about Tommaso. Uh, that lived up to the hype for me. Uh, you know, 14 of 18, 319 yards, 70-yard touchdown run in there. He's just a smart football player. Too. He can throw the ball a mile. He can run. But he also just he, he takes care of that ball. It was really impressive and about as complete of a win defensively and offensively for that team that I think they could have won it. Uh, staying on the New York side of things, Tioga got a good win. Um, they don't usually see too many opponents throughout the regular season that are on par with their talent. Delaware Academy gave them a tough one last season. It was a one-score game. This one, Delaware Academy able to put up 28 points. They came in the game undefeated, but Tioga still gets it done 56-28. Um, Logan, you got something? I have some breaking news that doesn't relate to football or baseball, unfortunately at all, but it does relate to basketball. Okay. 17 minutes ago, as we're taping on this Wednesday, Adrian Wojnarowski tweets, Lillard goes to Milwaukee as part of a three-team deal with Drew oh. Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, a 2029 unprotected first, and swap rights in 2028 and 2030 to the Blazers. Phoenix gets Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nazir Little, and Keon Johnson. So wow. Damian Lillard gets dealt to, <laughs> to the Eastern Conference, but not to Miami. And it now becomes a Lillard-Giannis 
um, oh. tag team that it could be pretty formidable. And I think that would automatically put the Bucks at least in that top two, right? Um, I think the Celtics are still going to be great. Um, maybe probably the favorites, right, mm-hmm. coming into the season. But the Bucks are now right there, one A, one B, with that combo. Yeah, that could be interesting. I, for all that talk about him going to Miami, that's kind of how I wish it would have happened as a Sixers <laughs> fan. But yeah, uh, very yeah. interesting. I can't wait to dive into that and see how that all shakes out too. I want to see where a lot of those pieces, how that all works out too. Um, some interesting names thrown in there too, like a DeAndre A. And um, yeah, big news. Wow, glad we could break that here. Thanks, Woj. <laughs> And thanks, Logan. Um, Tawanda over Wellsboro. I thought this was a good win for Tawanda. 20 to 10. Wellsboro's no pushover. They're always pretty competitive in the NTL. And we've been kind of hammering this idea that Tawanda's making that next step year after year. This was another good win for them, for the Black Knights. Um, I, I'm getting really intrigued by that Tawanda Y losing matchup. Both teams seem to be on that same level right now, on that same trajectory. That'll be a great rivalry at the end of the season. Uh, I know of, and changing gears over to the Canton game, I remember David, before we came in here, said that was that was a deceptive game, like not necessarily how the score mm-hmm. reflected. I don't know if one of you guys can elaborate on that one for us, but... Oh, yeah, so I mean, neither of us were there. I got a box immediately afterwards with, yeah. from a paper down that way, but it was 27 nothing Canton after three quarters, and then South just went on a furious comeback bid, scored three touchdowns, and then Canton, luckily for them, was able to run out the remaining time. I believe there was four and some change left to play after South's third touchdown. Yeah. So just, it was a matchup of undefeated teams, and it was supposed to be that tight. It was supposed to be that tight, but for three quarters, it, it was didn't not look that at, tight. And I think it's interesting that Canton, for the first time, I believe this season, they were held under 40 points. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on South Williamsport going forward. I know they come to Sayre this weekend. Should be a, a win for South Williamsport, you'd think. Um, it, it's getting tight in that in that race. Um, Troy, Canton's rival, they take care of Athens 62-6. to I don't believe that game was ever close. I think Troy got out in front early in the first quarter and never looked back. Um, so that was our recap for week five. Um, of course, coming up in week six, if you haven't already, get out there and pick up um, the Morning Times on the Daily Reviews Football Friday previews. They're out there on stands now. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe as well. Um, all kinds of good content previewing this weekend's games, tonight's games, Saturday games. And then, of course, you're going to want to get Saturday's edition for game stories from David and Logan and Dave Post, Matt Patton, and all the guys. So what we're looking at for, and you'll obviously read more about this in today's edition, for week six, Athens, they're on the road at Tawanda. Um, Wyalusing Lusing's going to go to Canton. South Williamsport, as we talked about, will be in Sayre. Um, Wellsboro at Troy. Waverly's going to go to Shenango Forks in what's becoming a nice little rivalry. And Tioga, again, will play another undefeated team in Walton. Um, Tioga 2-0 and now against undefeated teams. They'll try for their third. Um, where are you guys going to be at this weekend? I will be in Canton once again. There, Wyalusing's coming to town. Uh, it's Canton's homecoming. Okay. So, unfortunately for Wyalusing, like I said, they looked great last week against Montgomery. Against Troy, they didn't look so well the week before. Canton and Troy are in a similar class than Canton and Montgomery, so I'm kind of expecting. Yeah, and homecoming especially being gives homecoming, a push, you're, yeah. you're going to get a lot of juice out of the Warriors. Tough Friday place to night. go on a homecoming night. David, where are you heading? I'll be at Sare. I'll be a tough one for Sare. Tough one for the Redskins for sure. You you only get better by playing absolutely the tough teams. Better against better opponents, that's for sure. They'll get another one. South Williamsport looks good. We talked about how they gave Canton a run. Um, Wellsboro, Troy, um, that one should could be interesting. Uh, Wellsboro never rolls over for anyone, but um, 
I like Troy in that. Uh, Waverly at Shenango Forks. That's become a little bit of a rivalry. For those that don't know, Shenango Forks has been a perennial state contender year after year. They're a little down this year, but they're never really down. So a good test on the road for the Wolverines. And like we said with Tioga, they're at Walton. Walton undefeated. Tioga knocked off undefeated Delaware Academy last week. They knocked off undefeated Waverly earlier in the year. Um, expect a good one there with Tioga and Walton. Um, any other thing jump out for you guys on the high school level? Um, obviously, we want to direct you to the print edition. Again, it's out there on stands right now. The, these guys do a fantastic job, Logan and David, with their preview content for the coming weekend's games. And, of course, check out Saturday for game recaps. You guys got anything else you want to plug before we jump into the national level? No, I think I think we about touched it. It's just that we're in the middle of the we're state there. now. Things are shaping up, right? Um Thanks again to Jelly Farmer, who sponsors this podcast now every week. If you're looking for game day supplies, any type of convenience store needs, beer, chips, snacks, uh, they got great donuts in the morning. Go check out Jolly Farmer. I know we all love to check them out, and they've been a fantastic supporter of us. Um, college, not much last week. Um, Penn State, big win over Iowa. We thought, I think no matter who you picked, we all thought that was going to be close. History says it would be close. Penn State shuts out Iowa 31-0 at home. Uh, the Nittany Lions look like the real deal, guys. Uh, Notre Dame, they will play Duke this weekend in what I don't think anyone would have circled on their calendar at the beginning of the year. Duke is now undefeated in number 17 in the country, and for Notre Dame, it's can they bounce back after a heartbreaker against Ohio State. Um, I'll go ahead. I like Notre Dame that game, but I think that one, as Corso always said, closer than the experts think. Um Duke, Notre Dame, any thoughts, David? Uh, that's that's a tough one to take last week if you're Notre Dame. It looks like you might have finally had that regular season statement win. and Then oh, the momentum gets stopped. Logan, right? That's kind of what this game looks like. Momentum for Duke. And kind of, can you bounce back after a heartbreaker on the final play of the game to Ohio State if you're Notre Dame? Who do you like? I like Notre Dame, and the only note I'll provide on this is Notre Dame has one of the best uniforms in all of college football, and I would argue that Duke football is not even really cracking the top 100 if you have to put it up Not to a it. good uniform so, game. Not a great uniform for Duke. Was this past Saturday, Notre Dame-Ohio State is still one of the great all-time uniform matchups with what Notre Dame ended up wearing? The the green? Yeah. I liked it. Okay, I'm yeah, not saying, yeah, it, was, I'm not yeah. saying <laughs> it was bad, but I think when you Sounds said like it last week... Sounds like you don't like it, so, no. I mean, <laughs> it, a nice little Kelly green. A nice little Kelly green. I No, uh, historically, yes, but in a moment like that against Ohio State, you got to go with a little bit of flair, which we hardly ever see from Notre Dame. So, And it almost worked if they only would have had 11 players on the field yeah, during no, the I, last I, two plays. I, I like those jerseys, but it wasn't <laughs> what I was... I don't, I don't think that was what you were referring to. That's not time. what I was... I did like them, though. Also, that was a great college football game. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, what wasn't a great college football game, Johnny, Dion's Colorado Buffaloes. I don't know if the story's over, but it certainly is... Um, that chapter's closed in terms of the winning momentum. Oregon rolls over Colorado. I mean, now's your chance for a bounce back. Everybody needs a bounce back when if you, like you, we saw what you look like what wire up. Now what do you do when you're down? Yeah, and they're going to get USC. Um, I think the noon game on Saturday, and not a great back to back if you're Colorado getting Oregon and now another top ten in USC. I think you're going to see the same. I think you're turning the channel at halftime. I'll go Trojans. Well, that's yeah. Johnny said a bounce back spot. I'm like in my mind. That's what I was trying to check. Is isn't USC the ones coming to town this week? So I don't. <laughs> I don't think it quite gets any easier for the Buffaloes this week. 
So that's really it. I didn't see much else on the college slate this weekend. Penn State, we're always following Penn State here in the Valley. They're going to get a ho-hum at Northwestern. Northwestern might be the worst team in the Big Ten. They did get their first win um, last weekend over Minnesota, but Penn State come to town. This one will get ugly quick. Um, But I love where the Nittany Lions are heading. They're number six in the country, and they looked good against Iowa. So that will take us to the NFL. Um, Which is now David's part of the segment, being the only undefeated team left in the... That is true. The Eagles still rolling. (laughs) Uh, We're going to do a new segment to start this one. It's called the Honest Opinion Segment. And basically what this is, is we're all going to go around and give a take that we don't really feel very objective about or that we feel like we're in the minority on. And we're going to ask the rest of the group to kind of talk us back into, are we right or are we wrong? So I'll go ahead and start this one, and this isn't a rant or anything, but it's a question for you guys. The Miami Dolphins, at the beginning of this season, um, if you're a betting person, the AFC East, the Bills were favorites, plus money at like plus 120. They're now 2-1. and one. The Dolphins are 3-0. and oh. And obviously, they're the talk of the NFL this week after being the first team to hang 70 points on an opponent since the 1950s. We know about Tyreek Hill. We know about if two is health, they're as good as it gets. Jalen Waddle, the list goes on and on. And now this Devon Achan is as advertised. Let me lay this out, though. Week one, they win 36 to 34 and survive a shootout against a Chargers team that might not make the playoffs. Week two, they survive in Foxborough in a one possession game, 24 17 against a Patriots team that's probably not going to make the playoffs. They then go and beat up on what might be about as bad looking of a football team that could be firing their coach before we're done today in the Broncos and hang 70. Am I crazy to wonder why now, as of today, the Dolphins are minus 135 to win the AFC East over the Bills? Am I crazy to think that they're good, they're fun, they're exciting, they're going to be in the playoffs? Am I crazy to say, let's pump the brakes a little bit this early i think it's still buffalo 1a dolphins 1b and if not it's still pretty close i don't know if they swap that um crazy honest opinion i think it's i don't necessarily disagree with you i mean the bills have the better track record right now of the last few years and i miami three game i i don't like reacting to three games in a season I think that's my biggest thing is the Bills are 2-1, and one, and while they lost that Jets game, they smacked the Raiders, they smacked Washington. It's like, oh, well, it's the Raiders and Washington. Fair, but they did what they're expected to do, which as a team that's expected to win the division, that's what you do. Now the Dolphins hang 70 and beat three teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, and we're all going to say, man, the Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl. And not only that, but they're now the favorite over the Bills. I, I mean, mean, honest opinion, well, Johnny? Well, so, uh, I, so, no, I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think the Dolphins are probably – about as good as advertised right now until proven otherwise. Um, yeah, the, so they they beat a Patriots. They, they, they won a one-possession game against the Patriots. Bill Belichick, divisional game, always going to be tough. I don't care who run, who is on your offense. Um, and what was their first game? That was the... 36-34 over against the Against a very hot offensively yeah. Chargers team, and it was a shootout, and their offense... We already know Chargers can't stop, can't stop anybody defensively, so... That one kind of went as expected, too. Even if Chargers don't make the playoffs, they still have one of the best offenses in the league. 
And the Broncos, I would say, is probably the first truly bad team that they've gone up against. And they did what you should. If you're an elite team, they did what you should do against a bad team, which was absolutely bury them. Obviously, 70 points is a bit much, but I think they're probably that good. All right. All fair points. Logan, is that enough to sway you that they're better than the Bills? I have. Yeah, I have two notes. And I'll start is. I do. I, I think they are better than the Bills right now. And I think that we talked about the AFC East. You said they're 1A and 1B. I think the problem for the Dolphins coming into this season was the Jets hype. Because the Dolphins were going to be a very good team from the get-go as long as as long as long Tua stayed healthy, right? That was the whole conversation. But they weren't getting the hype because you had the Bills trying to get over the hump right in the playoffs be that dominant team and then you had the Jets with Aaron Rodgers oh we're going to the Super Bowl someone on this podcast might have picked the Jets to go to the Super Bowl (laughs) but um and then the Dolphins just I I think they're they're like Johnny said as good as advertised and I think the Bills can the difference between Tua and Josh Allen as I say I don't necessarily think they're in the same class of quarterback Josh Allen is much more loose with the football, in my opinion, and that can lose you a game here or a game there. I, I know I saw it this weekend with Lamar Jackson. So in, until the Bills take one or sweep the season series, however it has to happen, I think that the Dolphins are really becoming a juggernaut right in front of our eyes if they can maintain the level of health and the level of play that they've had so far. My second note. I saw a couple of tweets online in the aftermath of that 70 to 20 ball game saying how the Dolphins had the chance to kick a field goal and tie the all-time points record. Yeah. And it was classy that they didn't. And <laughs> I know that this is the NFL and that these are professionals that get paid and you have to go in and do your job. To me, truly being classy goes out the window when point number 70 goes on the scoreboard. It, it's, <laughs> it's, and it's like you were, they were up 35 something at halftime. Like, yeah, they scored another thirty-five points on the just. They had a great performance, and they didn't take all the points they needed. There's something uh, commendable about that, but well, the do we fact, need to throw the word classy around. Well, the fact that we're going to determine whether it was class or not, separating seventy-three from seventy, is uh, <laughs> uh, I think they, they'd be okay if they went ahead and kicked the field goal. I'll agree with that. Um, the good news is. We're going to find out whether we need to pump the brakes or not this mm-hmm. weekend. It's Dolphins at Buffalo. That That's, should be a really good one. That should not be a one o'clock game. No, it's that criminal. yeah, especially when the night game is going to be the Chiefs at the Jets. <laughs> the, um, the night and then games, the Giants are on Monday. I mean, we really can't switch that in today's NFL. Like the way things work. Week Zach five, starting week five. Holy cow! Um, next up, we'll go with Logan. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, it's kind of, I don't necessarily have a specific opinion, but I want to hear from you guys. Um, we're through three weeks now, and we said we don't like necessarily making full-time decisions. I want to know who you guys think the worst team in the NFL is. And my short list is Chicago, uh, which was expected to be better. Denver, obviously, who brought in Sean Payton, traded for a coach, and I think they it wouldn't be out of their mind to fire him before this season ends if it keeps going the same way. And then a third one I will throw in there. I will throw in... Hmm, let's go with the Titans. They've looked really yeah. bad. So one of those three. So far and away right now to me is the Bears. 
I agree. And it would be the Broncos if the Bears weren't so disappointingly, just so disappointing. I was really, I I thought the Bears would be a lot better. I was, I bought into the hype where Justin Fields is going to be not an MVP level candidate, but very good. You have the weapons there, wide receiver. They they had the cap room. They had the draft picks. Everything was supposed to come together, and it just looks like a mosh pit of just badness. And I thought Sean Payton would be overrated. Tennis, like it's it's those two teams to me. Like the, the I, I liked I had to kind of like search around for a third team because it's those two, and I think it's Bears are the worst. Yeah, and it's the Bears for me, and it's also they fall into the most disappointing because like you hit on, you had the picks, you had all the draft picks, you had tons of cap room to make moves, and you did make moves, and it seems like they were all the wrong ones. Um, and, and some of them even started last year with like Chase Claypool. That, that guy stinks. Um, and Justin Fields, when it's every week you're deciding whether it's Fields' fault or the organization's fault or the play calling or Fields or the coach or Fields, um, there starts to be a question, is Justin Fields going to be that guy? Um, he's shown flashes last year at the end of the year, but a lot of that stuff's garbage time football. Right now is when it counts in a division where you have a shot and you were expected to be in the mix, and it's going into week four we're having this conversation, and I think because of that, it's the Bears for me. I I know they just beat Dallas, but oh, I still feel this like... This is interesting. I forgot about them, though. But I, I still feel like Arizona season can go very bad. Um, I I don't have much else to say to that, but I just I, the Cardinals are just not a good football team. The Cardinals need to tank. Yeah. They have an opportunity because of a pick they had from a trade to be the number one overall and the number two overall pick in the draft in a year where they're no matter if they exceed expectations or not, will not be in the playoffs or the conversation at the end of the year. The Cardinals need to be bad to rebuild. For the record, I, the Bears are my pick for worst team, but I, the but Cardinals, I, yeah, are, I still think, are very much in that conversation. Back in, I'm curious what you think of this, Logan. Here's an honest opinion. I know we don't condone it, but you have to tank if you're the Cardinals, right? Nobody's ever been able to do that and have the first and second pick back-to-back and rebuild your team. That way, yes or no? Is that fair, or or should they try to compete? I mean, I, I it's tricky for me because that was the whole conversation coming into the year, right? And then they went and traded for Josh Dobbs to be their starting quarterback before the season started. Really, after starting Colt McCoy all of training camp and all of the all of the summer, I don't think that they're truly as bad as they're being made out to be. As bad as as we all kind of thought they would be. Mm-hmm. James Conner is a stud out of the backfield. Yeah was before he went to Arizona and has continued. Yes, they don't have a ton of pieces right now. They drafted Paris Johnson, who should be a stalwart on their offensive line yep. for the next decade. And whether you like him or not, Murray is not playing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is is Murray is the unknown right now. If he's ready to go by week 12 and they're 4-4, four and four, and he... I'm sorry, that doesn't that math doesn't math. We follow you, though. Yeah, 6-6. Like yeah. six like, six. They're... The conversation for these guys need to get Caleb Williams becomes a little bit different. And and that's in my mind, too. And don't get me wrong. Caleb Williams might project to be a little bit better than Kyler. Yeah. But I see a similar style of player. And you've already paid Kyler Murray. Oh, I, so, I totally agree with that take. You've already paid Kyler. Um, and you can still get the one. That's a great rebuilding situation to be in if he can resurrect himself, so to speak. Um, but that's something to watch. I think those are all good picks. Um Cardinals, Bears, and maybe Broncos. I think it's kind of the Bears. Yeah. Um, yeah. David, next. Honest opinion. Uh, 
Well, take the line from you that you said earlier. Am I crazy to think that the tush push shouldn't be as whined about by the entire NFL <laughs> universe as it is that the Eagles will keep doing? Because I, I, I just think it's a normal play, and I just stop it. If you can't stop it, <laughs> other teams can't stop it, and well, other teams can try it, and they're not succeeding like the Eagles. The Eagles are just better at it. Get yourself a quarterback that can squat six hundred pounds and have the best offensive line in football. Uh, Logan, tush, push, fair, foul, honest opinion. Yes, absolutely. Um, David, I would like you to take, if you can for me, take your <laughs> Philly hat off for one second and just kind of look at this as an objective viewer of the NFL. Do you think you can manage that? Sure. Okay, awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, now, this play is electric because of the personnel that the Eagles have that make it electric, and it works for them. If this same personnel played for the Dallas Cowboys and enacted this same play six, eight, ten times a game, would your opinion be the same? Yes. It's a normal play. Yes. It's a QB sneak with getting some help from getting pushed. I don't understand the the big deal about it. If, if the Cowboys are trying to get two yards every ten plays a game, that's fine with me. And like, it I, was a divisional 425 game in week 13, and they couldn't stop Dak from jumping across the line six times a game. You wouldn't have an issue with that? I would have an issue with the defense not being able to stop it. Okay, that, good, good. That's my That's my <laughs> jump in. As a fan, I find it infuriating. I get so tired of watching it. It it drives me nuts every time it happens because it's almost like a spoiler alert, and it's just exhausting and annoying. As a strategist, as a football play, shouldn't the answer be, if you don't like it, stop allowing them to get in short yardage situations. Exactly. If you don't like it, figure out a scheme to stop it. If you don't like it, do something about it. As a fan... I can't stand it. I wish they'd stop running it and just bring some more diversity to the play calling so we can enjoy it as fans. As a coach, I'd be like, I'm not stopping it till you prove you can stop it. And so far, the answer is to just not let them get to third and one, fourth and one and figure out a way to stop them on, sh- on down and distances. Johnny? Yeah, so since I'm literally in the, in the shoes that you just tried to put David in as the <laughs> residential Cowboys fan, I agree with David 100%. You just got to stop it. I mean... It's it stinks that you, that nobody can, but yeah, if if it was so easy, everybody else would be doing it. And also, for, just for the record, the Eagles aren't a shoot, you know, a hundred percent on this play. They weren't even a hundred percent on this play. They were fifty percent. Yeah, on Monday night, <laughs> they there was a goal line stand if I, if I recall correctly, where they it was third down, they didn't get it. Fourth down, they did it again, and they did get it. And Jalen Hurts also tripped over himself on one of those plays. Yeah, so like. <laughs> If it was fourth down, it wouldn't have worked and the conversation's dead. But, you know, don't give them two downs to get one yard. If you have two downs to get one yard, it shouldn't really matter what you call. You should be able to pick up one yard. And also, honest opinion, I'm so tired of hearing about how Hertz squats 600 pounds. <laughs> You've been lifting since you were six years old. Big deal. You should probably be squatting 800. Like, I don't care. I really don't. And it's I'm, just a part of the art. I'm so tired of listening to that. <laughs> so my last note on the tush push. Well, actually, two notes. The, the I, brotherly shove is also it's also being called. Oh no, brotherly no, we're shove. calling it. We no, are calling it the tush, tush push. push. That's nice where I put my foot down. David. Yeah, nice try, Philly um, David. Anyways, the tush push is an objectively hilarious name for a game of <laughs> macho men and football players. Um, the only the only gripe that because I dove into this a little bit last night. Um, 
the the only place I find issue, um, and it's not like I need. I'm like, oh, they need to outlaw it because what the Ravens see the Eagles maybe once a year, mm-hmm. once every four years. Um, I in the last twenty years they went back and outlawed the language that specifically said that you cannot push your teammates. And that's where that's where the tush push kind of gets tricky to me, because if it was just the the, gen, the general QB sneak and it was just the Eagles' offensive line being that dominant, I find it a little weird when your tight ends and your running backs are literally on the snap running straight into the back of your quarterback. Granted, Hurts more often than not would get it done without exactly. that help. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, that is fair. So it's not really the problem with the play call; it's the problem with the execution of the play. It's not really up to the rule. And I mean, the Eagles have consistently had one of the best offensive lines in football for several years now under Jeff Stoutland, and like they really don't necessarily need the push. But I just, I it's just generally speaking, the whining, the incessant whining about mm-hmm. it has just bothered me greatly. <laughs> well, I have I've noticed that you have reacted to that with incessant defense of it. So, so you're doing your part. Um, I had an argument with, with somebody else in the office about it last night. Cause I was like, I don't know the way that this play phases out of the NFL because that's what people said. It's been like the wildcat. It's been like whatever the read option, like it'll get phased out eventually to me, this stops being run in Philly when, and, and I'm not saying that like, I want this to happen. Oh, I know but where this is going. It, it stops when they do it one time and hurts gets hurt. We're trying to run the play. That's, pro- that's, that's they probably will put when that in moss balls stop. faster than you've ever seen another play go yeah. away. When he when he dives straight forward and he la- and two defensive linemen and an offensive tackle lines well, on him. The, on that note, uh, Mahomes on a normal QB yes. sneak, Patrick Mahomes injured his ankle. By I, I agree. So I agree. they stop doing the QB sneak completely for Kansas City. That, at that that's point. what so I mean. It's so like, it's basically the same kind of deal. Yeah. Anyway. In, until something happens to force them to be like, okay, maybe we don't need to do this anymore. Get used to it because it's not going anywhere any anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I I love those CR plays. <laughs> yeah, just squat just another make, six. Just make the Eagles go from third and eight. That's the, that's your solution. That's the solution. Johnny, finish us off here. Honest opinion. All right, honest opinion. I kind of like maybe naming this the "Am I Crazy" section. That's kind of where we're at because it's like Kirk's like, "Am I crazy or are the Dolphins that good?" David's like, "Am I crazy or is a tush push pushback ridiculous?" Am I crazy or is Brock Purdy, really not a top 10 quarterback. (laughs) I mean, he's not. He is not a top 10 quarterback. And don't don't get me and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a bottom 30. I'm not saying he's a bottom 20. I have a problem. And Kirk alluded to this after the week one game with Josh Allen, where you're either a top five quarterback or your bottom five quarterback. He is Brock Purdy is 15, give or take. He's not top 10. I would I could probably name at least 12 quarterbacks that I think are better than him regardless of, regardless of what the, what any stat line says. You're on the most loaded roster in the NFL. You're throwing a you're throwing swing passes and screens to Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Greg Kittle is a demon with the with the ball in his hands. It's calm down. George Kittle yeah, George that, Kittle. Who did I say? Greg. Greg um, that's yeah, a reference to a different podcast that also <laughs> might know Mr. Kittle. But I'll jump in first on this. I love that you said he was 15 because I would say if I had to rank Brock Purdy across the rest of the NFL, I would put him squarely at 16. That's me not looking at numbers. That's me not... Because 16 to me is the median, right? 32 sure. starting quarterbacks. Absolutely. He has... There is nobody... There is no quarterback in a better situation than Brock Purdy finds himself in. Yes, he was Mr. Irrelevant. Yes, he was the very last pick of the draft. He got, also, if I have to hear that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> he 
was just supposed to be a backup. He ended up having to start. Trey Lance was hurt. Jimmy G was hurt. Um, but when you can drop back, hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey, throw a two-yard out to Debo Samuel, throw an out five-yard out route to George Kittle, have one of the best offensive lines in football on top of a top three at their worst defense, you don't have to do a lot for your team to win games and your team to score points. And he is doing what's been asked of him. He's not been a wow factor. And he... And props to him. I'm yes, not, exactly. Yeah. Well, yes. yeah, that's where I'll jump in. I think he's probably a 20 to 25 quarterback. I think the I'd reason even I love that take even more. <laughs> I think the reason I would put him at anywhere from 13 to 16, like Logan and Johnny, and we'll see what David says, is because there does have to be something has to be said for the fact that he understands he doesn't have to do too much. He understands that there's all those guys around him. He understands that if he makes those throws, he keeps a job. He remains undefeated in the regular season, and he puts them in a position to win games. Do I think he has top 10 level talent and skill wise? No, he's probably in the twenties, but there's a reason the 49ers sent Trey Lance packing. They didn't think he could do that. They didn't think he could make those decisions or to keep himself a level head and to know, okay, if I just know my role and play this position the way they want me to play it, we're going to win games and I'm going to keep a job and be a starter in the NFL for the next however many years. Trey Lance clearly could not do that in that offense, or they at least decided they didn't see enough of it. So I think he's probably in the 20s talent-wise. I'm with you guys. He's probably somewhere in the teens because of his understanding that, hey, I'm a smart football player, and I'm going to prove it week in and week out. This is, this is the second time during the segment where the Eagles and Cowboys fans somehow 100% totally agree. <laughs> I uh, Look, the quarterbacks that don't succeed in the NFL, a lot of them, they're just, they panic. They don't really know what to do. Brock Purdy never has to panic. In that situation, he he can go anywhere with the ball, and that I mean, when you're thrown into the fire like he was last year, that helps a lot when you have all the, those weapons around you. And while you have those weapons around you, you're gonna also improve just by being in that situation. And you're not gonna be a bad quarterback, but he's not, you know, setting the world on fire because he's Brock Purdy. He's because he has Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey on his team. Yep. So that was our honest opinion segment. We are going to probably rename that by next week is the Am I Crazy segment. That sounds better, and it's usually what's being said. Um, but we'll get you guys out of here with um, our usual how well do you know your division. Last um, week's records, David went 3-1. and one, I went 3-0. and oh, Johnny went 2-2. Two and two, And Logan, a disastrous 0-4. <laughs> oh four. Forehead on the microphone. Um, overall, David's nine and two. I'm seven and two. Johnny's eight and three. And Logan, a disastrous three and six. They heard you the first time, <laughs> but with that, we'll let you start. Then this week, Logan, um, give us the outlook on the AFC North this weekend. Yes. Yeah, so it wasn't a great week for me last week. Turns out I was completely wrong about the Raiders being any good, um, and the Browns might be better than I thought they would be, or the Titans, like I mentioned earlier, might just be very bad. Looking at this week's slate. Uh, I'll start with Bengals at Titans. Hmm. See, I picked the Titans to win last week, and they scored three points. Bengals, Burrow's hurting. Yes, but this was an a this will be an AFC Championship game rematch from a couple years yeah. ago in Tennessee. I like the Bengals' defense and what they're doing. I'm going to rock with the Bengals. I think they'll get to two and two. I think that the Titans just have too much, too many questions to answer on their offense. Still, even with Derrick Henry back there. Um, but I'll go Bengals 
And then I will go Steelers over Texans. Texans got their first win last week. C.J. Stroud looks good. Looks D'Amico good, Ryans yeah. looks like he could be the guy to be the coach for them. You got to play Mike Tomlin and that Steelers defense, and I think yeah. that'll be enough to get the job done for them. And then Ravens at Browns. I have to go Ravens. Uh, I think they're going to be uh, just an absolute stinker from them last Sunday against the Colts at home. Justin Tucker misses a field goal. Don't get me wrong. It was 64 yard field goal. That's not a chip shot as much as everybody likes to think Justin Tucker could line it up from 90 and just hit it. But I think the Ravens know what they're trying to do this season in terms of where they're trying to end up. And, and it starts with winning divisional games like that against, against the Browns and that defense, the Ravens defense hasn't been great. They've been injured. They should be getting some guys back. They should give Deshaun Watson some problems. The Browns defense scares me a little bit, but I'll still go Ravens. Like it. Um, I'll go next. Uh, Chiefs, Jets, that's ho-hum. Chiefs will win that one pretty easily. I don't like that it's the primetime game of Sunday night. That schedule is obviously made back when Rodgers was the starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, I will be interested to see what Zach Wilson does with some of the pressure. Um, a lot of talk right now about who's the next quarterback for the rest of the season in Jets country. We'll get a better idea with that if he can at least perform adequately against a tough Chiefs team. I don't think he will. I think this might be the last time we see Zach Wilson play quarterback. Um, Chiefs win that one. Patriots at Cowboys. I like the Cowboys at home to bounce back. Rough weekend against um, a bad Cardinals team. I don't see the Cowboys putting together back-to-back weeks. I think they'll play with a fire under them. Something to prove this weekend. I'd like to see McCarthy open that offense up a little more. Same. It's a little cons- little too conservative. Uh, there's a lot of talk every week about whether Dak's good or Dak isn't. I think you got to let him play a little football to find out. And last week they didn't do that. I think they do against the Patriots. Cowboys win that. And then it's Dolphins Bills. It's a big one in Orchard Park. Cue uh, Western shootout meme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or music. Um, I wish this game was being played in Buffalo in December. Uh, <laughs> that changes a lot of things. But the Dolphins, they're hot. We talked about them earlier in the podcast. Um, I told Johnny before we started this podcast that the, my AFC East predictions for the Bills, would they'd, they'd split with the Jets, they'd sweep the Patriots, and they'd get swept by the Dolphins. I'm walking it back. I think this is a prove-it game for Buffalo. I think they have to defend home field and show that, hey, we're still the big dog on the block and set a precedent for when these two teams might meet, not once later on, but if it's like last year, they might meet twice. And I think Buffalo's got to establish who the dominant force in the FC East is this weekend. I think the Bills win. I got to say, it's gutsy to walk back in prediction of the Dolphins sweeping the Bills right after they drop 70. I think the I think, <laughs> I think it's a must. I think it's a must for Buffalo. It's put it on the table and say, hey, for the last a few years, we've been the showcase here in the AFC East. All you've done is hung 70 on a bad Broncos team to make everyone in the country think that the Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl. Um, it's just more disrespect towards Josh Allen, but I've talked to Josh, <laughs> and we're going to get this done. I obviously haven't talked to, but if anyone's been following this pod, they know when I go on a rant, the Bills win that following weekend. So put two in his place this weekend, Josh, and uh, let's get this dub. Uh, David and Johnny, we'll let you guys go back and forth here on the NFC East. Start with Commanders at Philadelphia. Um, I, Commanders are bad. They are. Um, I... I'm picking the Eagles. I, I, I don't know. Philly I, Dave, <laughs> such a homer. There no. will be times where I pick against the Eagles this year. I promise you. But no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't blame you. I'm picking the Eagles too. How like, I like. I last week I picked the I picked the 
the, the, the Bucks to beat, they give the Eagles their first loss. Eagles went in there and just casually took care of business. What didn't really, they didn't, it didn't really look like Tampa really had much of a shot. So I'm, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, the commanders ended the Eagles undefeated record last year. So like the commanders can come in and, you know, beat the Eagles. So it's not out of ordinary for them to do so, but it's true. I, it's divisional. Right. You throw yeah. everything, you know, Divisions in the NFC East, yeah. NFC East, you throw everything out and yeah. shout out Seth Winward. I think the keep an eye on Sam Howell era is over. <laughs> Um, also, scared for Sam Howell, that front for um, Washington was abysmal against the Bills. The Eagles are even scarier up front. Um, watch out for a lot of sacks in that game. Um, you two, give me Patriots-Cowboys next. Um, so, I'll, do a, I'll, I'll lead this off with a little mini rant. Obviously, last week's game was extremely frustrating. And if you're going to try and go, and go to a Bill Belichick-led team and try to beat him with play calling from 1994 you better reassess the situation because bill belichick was still coaching i believe back in the 90s so he's going to be kind (laughs) kind of pretty familiar with that let's let's just open the offense a little bit let's throw something more than 10 yards zach is capable i know everybody's going to pick on him for the for, for the interception in the end zone when you're when you're have to force fed force feed the the running game two times and then throw the ball, two times and throw the ball. When you have a predictable play calling, you, you kind of put your guy in a corner trying to ask him to, be, to perform miracles at that point when everybody knows what's coming. That said, I don't know, man. It's a home game, but I don't like how we play on the road. Uh, you know, I Mike McCarthy's got proofs on me. I could, Give me the Patriots here. Bill Belichick takes... Wow. Bill Belichick is very good defensively and until they prove me otherwise I think you're going to if we try to insist on playing running this offense the way we did then you're just going to play right into his hands Zeke revenge game yeah also watch that out he's going to go off for 150 I, I am I am tempted to pick New England but I and I'm not the Cowboy fan here where I'm just like you know <laughs> being but like I I think Dallas is legitimately a, a very good team this year and I can't see them losing two in a row to New England, so I, I'm going to go Dallas with this one. And also, if I get it right, then I'm two games up on Johnny. So, oh, oh I like that. Nice strategies. <laughs> Finally, some strategy to the game. Um, finish us off, guys. Seahawks at Giants. This this is an interesting one. The Giants might be atrocious, and the Seahawks, despite having a winning record, have not looked like I think a lot of people thought they would. Um, who you guys like? Uh, depends on which Seattle Seahawks show up. Yeah, like it, it kind of. But I, I, I don't know what the time slot is for this game. If they're, if they're going uh, west to east for an early game, I'm not really sure of the time slot. But either way, I'm, I'm probably taking uh, Seattle on, on this one. I just think there's there's more firepower than the Giants have. I'm not particularly looking. Like, I'm probably not going to be watching this Monday night game. I just have no interest in it. But I, I'm going to go with Seattle on it. Yeah, Giants obviously have a little bit of a local following here, being on the Pennsylvania-New York border and um, close to the Binghamton area. We'll give a little bit of time to them. Giants... I know Barkley will be back. Do they kind of kind of stay Kirk, afloat, or is this team going to be bad? No, you can say it. They're they're bad. They're bad. <laughs> they're bad. It's over. They, Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. What a, what a strange thing to go from a a surprise playoff team to last year to maybe really looking like bottom of the barrel football team. Um, but it maybe was it was Barkley or bust, and they're they're struggling right now for uh, Giants faithful out there. That's that's kind of where I want to go. Just looking at these standings. Um, 
Yeah, I wish I had an. I wish I kind of had an easy division to pick like the rest of y'all. Oh. Like, y'all just got some really good teams and, and some bottom feeders. I got four middle of the pack teams in my division this year to work with. So here's to a four in a week. You could just become a, a, a Dolphins fan. That's true. Sure they're, That's sure true. Jump Real on that classy. Bandwagon. They don't go for NFL <laughs> records in case you're wondering. <laughs> All right, that's it for us today. As always, we want to thank you all for listening. Please get out and support the paper by picking up uh, the Morning Times or Daily Review Football Friday preview editions. Get the Saturday editions as well for all your game recaps and game stories from all the guys. And, of course, thank you to Jolly Farmer for sponsoring us. Check them out this weekend. They got all your convenience store needs, everyone, from beer, chips, um, all kinds of food, and good donuts. You can hit them up at any time. Please do. They're awesome, and we love their support. Thank you, everyone, and we will see you next week. 